Tonight's guest on the Putting You Over podcast has since his debut in 2005 put his name on the independent wrestling map, especially in Texas, where he has won every championship possible in the reality of wrestling, as well as being a heavyweight champion in such promotions as Hurricane Pro and Wildcat Sports. He goes by many names, but he is Texas, born and raised. Would you all please welcome Ryan Davison! Good evening, sir. Wow. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? You can hear me. Yeah, I can hear everything great, man. I was kind of unsure about the uh, the location because I'm actually right in front of the gym that I go to. Uh, about to go in, and this was like the only time I could do it because I tried to swing by my place, but I was like, no, if I don't get it done, it's not going to get done. Yeah, right? <laughs> so hey, we've so been- I'm basically right here in the car. So, uh, man, thanks for having me on the show, man. What a hell of an introduction, too, man. That's like one of the best podcast introductions I've ever received on any podcast. With all due respect to uh, you know all the podcasts I've been on, but I'm, I'll be honest with you, that introduction was top-notch. Uh, that's, we had nothing to do with that. It's Ryan Romano, friend of the show, uh, to make cool, his man. long story short, he wants to get into announcing. Uh, I said, I will let you know who we're having on our show. You can do the audio clip and we'll play it for him. That's simple. Well, uh, I can tell you, I can co-sign on his, uh, on his commentating and his, uh, announcing skills. So that was very, very well done. Um, he mentioned there, you won all those titles in reality wrestling first ever grand slam champion. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was a great accomplishment, and an accomplishment I didn't even I didn't even know about until the night of, as a matter of fact, um, which was interesting because I, I was actually approached by uh, the boat himself, Brad Gilmore, uh, one half of the commentary oh, team for yeah. Reality Wrestling, of course, one half of Booker T's Hall of Fame radio show. And uh, Brad's a very cool guy, very professional. And he came up to me and he goes, oh, hey, uh, congratulations on your title. Uh, you got, you're the first ever Grand Slam champion. And yeah. I go, what? what? <laughs> and I didn't even didn't even know it because, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I, for so long, for so many years, I've always just wanted to be the champion of row and just be the guy and all this other stuff. But, um, you know, when I let go of that attachment and just kind of focused on me and what I was going to do, then things just automatically appeared for me. I mean, that's how Japan happened for me, Canada, wrestling all across the country. All these opportunities seemed to pop up when I just focused on myself and nothing else. And it was no different for reality wrestling. And it taught me a really good lesson in that because if I was a champion when I wanted it to be or when I thought I should have been, then I probably never would have been the first Grand Slam champion. And um, it's a it's a cool accolade to have, man. I'm very proud of it. Um, and you should be for sure. You mentioned your tour uh, in Japan. I had that written down. Um, I didn't write the date. I think it was 2018 ish, maybe. Yeah, this basically four years ago. Uh, it'll be this month. Four years ago, I did my uh, tour for DDT um, there in Japan, alongside with like Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah. Uh, who was a regular for DDT at the time. Of course, now you see him killing it on Impact Wrestling. Um, he helped me out a lot when I was there in Japan. Jason Kincaid, Facade, uh, a lot of different guys, a lot of different guys from the DDT roster as well, as far as like Mao and Huguchi Kazusada and uh, Enendo and Dino. <laughs> as crazy he is. And uh, a bunch of different people, too many people to name. And uh, it was a wonderful experience, man. And I had a phenomenal time there. Uh, what would you say the major difference between wrestling in the States uh, as compared to Japan? Um, 
I can tell you different uh, different companies okay. kind of have different ways of doing things for their performance. It's generally all the same as far as the aspects where it's like here in the United States, uh, it's a form of entertainment and really it's entertainment all over the world. In Japan, from my experience, it wasn't just entertainment. It was it was a way of life. It was basically what they did for like who they were as a person, let alone the fact it was treated more like a sport. Like here in the States, we call ourselves wrestlers. Uh, there they call themselves players. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no different than like in baseball or any other kind of sport that's very big over in Japan. And baseball is massive over there yeah, in Japan. So um that you know it's it's so many different things you know and then once again i'm not going to i'm not going to sit here and try and put it on a pedestal because pro wrestling is great enough as it is but like for me and what i believe that pro wrestling as far as its purest form is um the japanese style of wrestling and um i think it's awesome but i think also it could be said the same thing for that catches catch cam style uh, european style of wrestling you know there's a lot of different styles in american wrestling that are just pure so really at the end of the day from my experience as wacky as ddt is <laughs> yeah. and out of the ordinary for sure um some of the b- best pro wrestlers i've ever been in the ring with came out of that company and i mean they have legit legit wrestlers that can wrestle and have a great match with anyone on this planet so it was really cool um i can see your sport in the houston astros hat uh your big darn ten- right uh what'd you think of the trade deadline they got one of my players one of my socks players yeah man you know it's pretty interesting i didn't know vasquez was gonna go so fast right. but you know i mean that's the uh that's how the mlb happens sometimes you know and i can tell you this um, you know, down here in Texas, it's all about, I mean, the, really the top three are baseball, basketball, and football. Right. I mean, football yeah. more than anything, even though yeah. as much as I love being from Houston and I love my Texans, I know they're not that great, <laughs> but the Astros are, regardless yeah. what anybody says about <laughs> cheating and all that other stuff. Last time I checked, that World Series trophy is still at Minute Maid. So uh, other than that, yeah, man, I'm a big fan of the Strohs, man. So it's uh, the vibe is very high down here for the Astros. You um, you mentioned football. You went to West Texas A and M. First of all, the wrestling uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The people that played or, or went there uh, that ended up going yeah. into wrestling is is off the charts. L- listen, I just wrote a few down: Terry Dory Funk, yeah. Tully Dusty. You know all this. Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen. I mean, that's just amazing to me. <laughs> Yeah, man. So I, when I went and played college football at, at WT, okay. as we called it, it was it was originally West Texas State, and then I think in the in the early '90s it got it went and transitioned over into the A and M affiliated universities. Kind of like you know we have Texas A and M, and then there's A and M Kingsville and A and M all these other different schools, and WT was a part of that. And um, when I went to go play college football, I just knew about Terry and Dory Funk. In yeah. fact, I met Terry Funk plenty of times before I even got in the pro wrestling business because he was a booster for the football team at the time. They were one of the boosters, I should say. And Terry is a, is a wonderful human being. And then when I got into the business and actually did some shows with Terry, uh, it was always talking about either wrestling or talking about working on a ranch or talking about WT football. (laughs) Those are basically the only three topics that was ever discussed when him and I had, um, you know, quick 10, 15 minute conversations. Um, but you know, it wasn't until I got out of college that I basically found out about Dusty Rhodes, Stan Hansen, 
uh, Bruiser Brody, wow. Tolly Blanchard. Also, another two guys was Tito Santana. Yeah. Uh, that played actually there, and uh, and all these different wrestlers that came out of this, almost like a wrestler university. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, people want to say destiny or whatever, and I just happen to be falling that line. And don't get me wrong, I am I am nowhere near the yeah. caliber of those legends are, but hopefully I will be one day. But uh, it's cool, man. And even you know, on campus at like one of the old uh, volleyball arenas that they had. Uh, there was a bunch of old school pictures of the wrestling that they would yeah. hold there from like the sixties and the seventies wow. there in Canyon, Texas and stuff. And it was, it was so cool, man. Just like a little bit of just a wrestling, you know, history nugget, just right in the most random places, you know what yeah. I mean? And uh, it was cool, man. But like I said, a lot of it, I didn't even figure out until I left there. Um, and I, I was blown away. So it's, uh, I mean, you know, fate, destiny, whatever you want to call it. It's just interesting out of all the colleges yeah. I could have gone to. And, you know, I've, I'm, I've, I've had, you know, a, a few lukewarm offers for some D one schools. It was mainly division two. And that's what WT is the division two single A football. And, and I've had quite a few from division two, but out of all the schools and places right. that I visited, I just decided to choose WT and pursue wrestling. So it's kind of interesting how that works out. So how do you go from, from that to like taking your first bump on the side of the road, like at a go-kart place? Yeah, man. I, um, I just, I, you know, I had a guy in public speaking class and it was the, uh, cliche story of, uh, he threw a wrestling reference uh, at me yeah. and just in random conversation. I threw one right back at him because I've always been yeah. lifelong wrestling fan for as long as I can remember. Uh, and I've always been a WWE guy. Like that was like my stuff. And then later, of course, like right on the tail end of like WCW and ECW, that's when I fell into it. Like in the 99, yep. you know, late, uh, or like late 98, 99 era, I fell into ECW, WCW, everything like that, but always WWE. So long story short, he happened to know a guy that knew a dude and uh, it was basically, hey, they have this company at the time called Amarillo Championship Wrestling and uh, drove up to it. And, yeah, it was a ring outside in the middle of a outdoor go-kart track off the side of the freeway between Canyon, Texas and Amarillo. And uh, I took my first bump and I never looked back, man. Was the transition like taking the first bump going through, uh, you know, just the first initial ones, the training? Is the, the transition easy because you, you had that background in football? Did you find it easy? Yes and no. Okay. Uh, I would say yes onto the fact of uh, the physical and aggressive aspects of wrestling. I caught on to pretty quickly and dealing with the pain to an extent. Yeah. I was pretty much used to it because, you know, yeah. when you play college football, you get banged up quite a bit. However, the after effects of wrestling compared to football, there's no comparison. I was way more sore doing wrestling and everything like that than I was football, but yet I enjoyed it 10 times more. Um, and, and it was just so, it was so much fun and so much to, to learn in such a fast period of time, because I know when I was playing football that even though I was getting some decent playing time, I still wasn't starting yeah. when I was uh, playing there before I got into wrestling. And I just knew that the way that, that team was, was that, you know, I was going to have to wait for some upperclassmen to graduate, move on until I can actually get my spot. That was just the way the culture was at that time. I'm sure it's not that, or hope it's not the same anymore, but that's what it was at that time. So wrestling was just something that I can sink my teeth into. And I always had a plan of if the NFL doesn't work out, 
I'm going to go do pro wrestling. Like I was just typical football yeah. player that was always a fan. Like if I don't get any offers from the NFL, then, then I'll go do wrestling. But it happened way sooner than I thought it did. And, um, yeah, I could have pursued football, maybe do Canada, you know, Canadian yeah. league, maybe, you know, at best, maybe special teams or something through the NFL, maybe. Cause I did have the skill went yeah. through a couple of NFL scouts and had the skills for sure, according to them. But, uh, no, man, I chose wrestling, and, and I definitely don't regret it. Uh, I want to jump forward to where we are now, like with reality of wrestling. Um, oh, first, heel or face? Do you – I think I know the answer. I think you're going to pick heel. I mean, you have – I've watched some stuff, and yeah. you, you – what, what did I write down? Uh, you have mastered the art of being a douchebag. No offense. <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you get bullied when you're young, when you're a kid. You just take all those bully tactics and all those attitudes and mannerisms that you dealt with and you just put it into pro wrestling, man. And it just, uh, in a weird way, I have those people to thank that bullied me back in the day because I just used what they did and I just put it into pro wrestling form, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I would I would say for most of my career, I would choose to be a heel. And really, as far as today, I would choose to be a heel because being bad is so much fun, man, when it comes to the pro wrestling realm. However, uh, being working face uh, pretty dominantly over the past uh, few years in my career, and I've, I've worked face a lot throughout my whole career, but for sure over the past like two years been dominantly face. I'll be honest with you, man. It's like once you figure it out and you really know how to uh, apply your craft in certain areas to really get a crowd behind you, it's, it's very addicting. It just is. And the same can be said as far as being a heel as well. But um, – to me, I like the challenge of being a face because the the cliche rule of thumb is that being a heel is pretty easy to do. Yeah. But really, I don't th I don't think it is because if you don't know how to actually be just evil, you right. know. I know William Regal throws the term villain around, and yeah. it's true. Yeah. Like if you if you uh, if you really know what evil is all about, it can understand how a how a heel believes that what he or she is doing is right no matter how screwed up, uh, screwed up their logic may be, then that, then you're really on to something. But um, I miss being healed. Maybe I will be one day. I don't know. But uh, as far as being a face and just entertaining the crowd, man, just giving them the best that I can possibly give, whether they're booing me or cheering me, man, that's, that's all I can hope for. Uh, we're here with Ryan Davidson, Reality of Wrestling, first ever Grand Slam champion. We're going to get to uh, the August 13th show, Power Shift, um, in a little bit. You had – I was preparing for you. I caught a past podcast. Apologies to whoever it was. I don't remember the name. But you had a really good, like, uh, statement or whatever on heels. You said that um, sometimes when you're a heel, you have to hold back, like, on the moves you could do. Like, you could go out and do a sick-ass move or, or this and that. But to – get the booze to be boring sometimes as a heel. Like there's an art form to that. And I just, I found that yeah. extremely interesting. Well, my, my whole thing is, is that, and I think I know triple H did a, a podcast with Logan Paul just yep. recently. Yep. He said something kind of parallel to what I'm about to say or piggyback on. I should say is that uh, it's not about the moves. It's the story. Right. Yeah. It's what you do in between before and after. And don't get me wrong. Like, you know, as far as like the the term boring goes, 
I, I don't think anybody ever wants to be boring. However, I know that if the, whatever the crowd wants as a heel, you want to try and give them the opposite and then bring emotion out of them at the same time, right? Especially depending on the story that you're trying to tell, the, the, whoever you're working inside the ring, there's a lot of different factors that fall into play. But um, the moves itself, are they are important, but it all depends on what you do before and after. Um, and having continuity between each move of why hitting this one move is way more important than this other yeah. move, this, that, whatever that, you know, when you work a match, why would you not try and go for your finishing maneuver right off the bat? Because that's your best move, right? right? That's what you beat everybody with. Why don't we try going for that just right out the gate or direct them one way, but then you try and get it somewhere out of nowhere in the beginning or however, there's so many different factors at the end of the day, being a heel is just your job is to get the emotion out of people in a negative way so they can get behind your character. They can get behind the story that you can tell, but that doesn't mean you don't have to do not cool stuff. If you could do a springboard 450 as a heel, knock it out, man. Just don't do it just because you can't do it because it means something to where people are going to get behind or it be that moment where it looks like you're about to win. And then when that kick out happens, Oh crap. God, I thought he had him. What could possibly go next? What they could possibly do? Who's going to win this? Those are the moments that make pro wrestling great. Because if it was just moves or what have you, everybody would be stuntmen working for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, reality wrestling. Booker T. Uh, first of all, where does the bear uh, from Bel Air come from? Where's the origin story on that? Well, uh, I've always had some bear-like qualities in my life, <laughs> and it was funny because I even before I even wrestled as the the yeah. bear, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just something that I was just called by my peers uh-huh. and called by people that knew me and things of that nature. As far as the bear from Bel Air, uh, I went to Bel Air High School here uh-huh. in Houston, Texas, and I pretty much grew up in Bel Air. And the only other person that I knew of that came out of Bel Air, California, that was famous was, of course, everybody knows about the Fresh Prince right, from Bel Air, yeah. Will Smith and everything. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just said, oh, the bear from Bel Air, like that's where I'm going to hail from. Because it's very easy being in Houston. Where you hail from? Houston, Texas. But yeah. if there's something, you know, different that you can do to separate yourself, even if it's just something as small as where you're from. It, it can it could just add to the mystique or add to the flavor of your character of whatever you're trying to get across, and uh, that's why I picked Bel Air. And Bel Air's got a lot of got a lot of nostalgia and sentimental value for me, man. It's a it's a great place in Houston, man. So um, that's why I chose it. Um, what is the what resonates the most with you uh, working uh, you know with Booker T under Booker T at Reality Wrestling? Stevie Ray's there, I believe, or was yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Stevie Ray hasn't been there for a while, right. but you know, still Stevie Ray. I just saw a video of him today, man. That guy is still active. He yeah. still looks great. Mad He's too, in the yeah. gym killing it. He he just basically said, "I think I have one more match in me," and I'm like, "Let's go, man!" Because I know I know Stevie, dude, and that guy can. I'm telling you, man, he's he's A to Z entertainment, just like Book, man. And uh, it, as far as to answer your question, what what I believe, like. Rowdy wrestling is to me with being with Booker T and everything. It's, it's wisdom, man. A lot of, a lot of wisdom Um, that you have a guy that's got not one, but two hall of fame rings on his hand for a reason. And that comes with a lot of wisdom that comes with a lot of tricks of the trade and, and a very good, um, 
opinions and 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 uh logic that he can bring and also his wife charmel who also yeah. has a hall of fame sure ring does. on her hand as well she brings another another aspect to it because booker t's reality of wrestling is not just a pro wrestling school it, in his mind it's more of a fine arts yeah. school it, it's more about theater than anything because booker if you look back on his wrestling career like he had some great moves he had the most beautiful sidekicks and all these different moves and the spinner Rooney is fantastic. And, you know, he had the book in, he had so many other things, but he's the mat. He's the master in my mind of taking the smallest thing and making it seem as way larger than anybody could have ever expected. It. And it's just by mannerisms, the way you carry yourself in the ring, all these different aspects. And, um, what we go to show at reality wrestling, man, is just those nuances on top of the wrestling moves. Cause we have myself and other different trainers like, Brian Keith and we have Hyon and Aiden Cristiano and, and all these different people that have different styles that don't have the same style. Like I do Because most wrestling schools. You might have one or two people that will just show you this one style and that's it. But you have all these different styles to learn from on top of a two time hall of famer leading the ship, man. It's um, it's, it's very cool. And I feel like that if, uh, if anybody ever wanted to get into the pro wrestling realm, uh, that would be a great place to look into if that would work for you. And I know that sounds like a <laughs> like a sell or a pitch for reality right. wrestling, but it's honest, man. I mean, take it from a guy that broke in on the out in the outdoor go kart track <laughs> off the side of the freeway. If I had a place like reality wrestling back in two thousand and four, right? Like, let's let's go, man. I would have signed up immediately. Yeah, we um we talked to. Several reality wrestling uh, talents, Roxy, uh, Rachel Rose, I believe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And w- they had similar things to say. They also said uh, it's like a whole television product. Like he- Booker's getting you guys ready, uh, you know, for, for your next step. It, he he treats it just like you were saying, like an art, like an art form. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, there's a, it is a very very good uh, it's a very good example, and I'm glad the lady said it. Uh, Rachel Rose and uh, Miss Roxy Carla killing it at NXT. Um, You know, I I watched those two young ladies come up in a lot of different ways, and I'm I'm so very proud of what they've done so far and what they continue to do for sure. It's really cool. But, you know, Booker T's Reality Wrestling is a TV ran style of of wrestling program. Like, teaches you how to work the cameras and get the most out of those cameras with also alongside working for the house and things of that nature. And there's a lot of different parallels to how things are, are ran or formats are for WWE, NXT, and things of that nature. And um, I, I can tell you that's helped me out in my career working other places around the country or where else, because if I didn't know those tactics being in that environment, I probably wouldn't know until later on in my career. But like I said, it's been to my benefit that I know those things and it's helped me out and helped others out as well. Um, August 13th, Power shift. Uh, you're taking on some fella named um, reading it right here, Blake Cortez. Yeah, man, Blake. This guy is an incredible athlete, man. Um, Blake is a guy that came in, trained real hard. Former military, good head on his shoulders, man. The guy is chiseled from head to stone. And then he basically on day one of a tryout about a year or so ago, he got picked up by Triple H. And literally one day, yeah. only needed to see him for one day and signed him. And then he was at NXT and everything like that. And then the manager changed. And unfortunately, due to powers outside of his control, he got released. 
and he came back into reality wrestling, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, man, and I don't blame him because he's good, yeah. and he's got a lot of potential uh, to be extremely good carrying on. The only thing is, on August 13th, he's got to go through me because my whole thing is, is that if anybody knows the reality wrestling, it, it's, you know, you can have matches with certain guys or you can have a match with Ryan. Mm. And I'm basically like the, the, the measuring stick of that company because I bring in a lot of guys from a lot of different companies and get them booked and everything because I believe there's enough opportunity to go around for everybody. But just know that if people face me inside that ring, it's a different story and it's not blowing smoke up anybody's rear. It's just honest, man. I just bring it. And especially in a place that I helped built alongside with so many people with book and Charmel and everybody that's been there. uh, I carry a lot of pride with that, man. So on August 13th, Blake, Got a small taste of what it was like from uh, Summer of Champions, mm-hmm. where Team Charmel was victorious, and we're continuing that trend on August the thirteenth. And um, I know him and I are going to bring it for sure. Oh, just hearing you gets me excited for that match. Yeah, man, let's go. Let's man. do it. I'm telling you, I guarantee, guarantee you, he ain't got an Astros hat on like I do. <laughs> that guy doesn't know what winning is. He doesn't <laughs> know what winning is. Get out of here. Um. You mentioned you had some conversations with Terry Funk but even before wrestling, but he did say something about uh, a match you had with Tyler Bateman. It was a cage match. Terry Funk said it was the best cage match he has ever seen. Um, why? So, yeah. in best, ca- cage, best cage match he's ever seen on the independence. Ah, I don't okay. want to sit there and okay. go, but on the yeah. independence, which I don't want to say because I want to clear up. I don't want to sit there and right. be like, yeah, but no, it was at that time. I will say this is 2005, okay. right? So this just goes to show you how long I've been uh, putting my boots on inside this wacky world of pro wrestling. Terry Funk was on this show alongside with the late, great Dusty Rhodes, and it was a big show in Lawton, Oklahoma. We were, it was dominantly for the military base that was there. And we had, you know, had about 1,000-something people there, maybe a little more. The place was sold out. And I had this cage match with Tyler Bateman, who, of course – if anybody knows about yeah. Bateman, you know, he's Ring of Honor. He's on New Japan Strong, everything like that. Hell of a talent. I've known him for years. Love him to death. He's awesome. And we had this cage match, man, and it was my first uh, rivalry I've ever had in pro wrestling at that time. It was the first time I've ever done a lengthy program, wow. and Tyler and I wrestled for up to a year up until that cage match happened. So, you know, there was blood, and there was all these other different things, and uh, – you know, I uh, I tombstoned his uh, female uh, valet at that time, all these other different things. And uh, it, it worked out so well. And I was I was happy to uh, to have that match with him, let alone every match. But uh, what I did not expect right. was that um, I got pulled to the side by Terry and he just looked at me and he goes, I got to be honest. I've seen a lot of matches on the independence, but that was the best damn cage match I've ever seen. And you know what I mean? And I'm sitting there going like, um, I mean, are there, are there any beers in the back? He didn't have too many beers or anything. Did he? No. Oh, you're, you're being for real. Oh, wow. Oh, and you're Terry Funk, like a living legend, legit. Oh, okay, cool. And it, um, it was one of those things that, uh, just, uh, he didn't, he didn't have to go up and say that he didn't, he didn't have to. And he did. And uh, it meant a lot to me. And it just let me know, instead of like getting in my head or being cocky, it just let me know that I was in the right direction. Because I really believe that you got to have your confidence high, but also keeping your feet on the ground. Because if you start to 
believe in your own hype and everything like that Mm -hmm. too much, there has to be a balance. And if you believe in it too much, um, it it can, it can be, uh, it can be harmful in ways. And I've not only does that happen to me, but I've seen it happen to so many people that I've known inside the wrestling business. And that was just a good lesson of just like, Hey, the compliments are great, but that just means keep going. Don't get too full uh, too ahead of yourself. Yeah. Stay humble. Stay humble. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like to get that type of accolade from, from, from Terry Funk. I would, I would have blew my mind just hearing it, man. I, I, I could, I could tell you, man, I've been told a lot of different things by a lot of different stars, uh, in this business. And I've been grateful for every single one, but I think the coolest feeling that I get, um, when it comes to pro wrestling is like, if I look across the ring and I see somebody that I grew up watching yeah. about to wrestle and yeah. work with them, or if I look to my left and my right and I'm tagging with them oh, and things same. of that nature, it's, it's, it's to anybody that like, isn't a part of wrestling or wouldn't really understand. It would be like, if you grew up watching Tom Brady play football right. and then you put your helmet on and you're standing across Excellent. the line of scrimmage and you see Tom Brady and you're playing right. against him. Right or baseball like you're about to pitch you know inside you know on the baseball field and you look over and there's like jose jose altuve or something you know what i mean you're just sitting there like i grew up watching this guy well you're a fan whoever right you know you're a fan of wrestling you're a fan we're all fans at the end of the day man we're all fans we always have been we always will be man so um it's a it's a really cool experience and and book is no different man um you know my first match with book i had a tag match with me and this guy named uh the pride Mm-hmm. Um, versus uh, Booker T and Samoa Joe back mm-hmm. in like 2009. Wow. And um, it blew my mind. And I was like, I've watched these guys on TV so much. <laughs> and now I'm about to wrestle against these guys. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man, a book, book snug. He likes, to, he likes to throw it in there. So, and he likes to get it back too. So it was very cool, man. But, yeah, always good memory, always good time. Um, I mean, great stuff. Um. We're near the end of the show. I'm going to give you the mic in a minute. You can put over anything you want, plug anything you want. But before I do that, sweet uh, Bear of Bel Air, that's who we're talking to, Ryan Davidson, uh, Reality of Wrestling. August 13th, Power Shift. Uh, he's going he's gonna to bring it, bring, it, bring it to Blake Cortez. So I look forward to that. Um, so, yeah, Ryan, at the end of every show, I give a proverbial mic to the guest. Uh, you can put over – Anything you want, you can say anything you want. Barry, I I will not interrupt. The floor, the floor is yours, sir. I I don't want to bury anybody just yet. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't want to bury anybody, anyways. However, uh, I will say once again, thank you very much for having me on your platform, man. Thank you for anybody that has been listening, watching, what have you. Um, I'm I'm a very big fan. Caught up on a lot of different episodes that you guys did up to leading to this interview, man. So I'm nice. very much a fan of the platform and the product. Thank you. Uh, for anybody that wants to follow me on social media, it's at rdbear57, all one word. The letter R, the letter D, B-E-A-R, 57 on Twitter and Instagram, Ryan Davidson on Facebook. You can find me at Reality of Wrestling. Of course, you can follow them on all social media. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. They have over 600,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is crazy uh, to say that I'm on a platform of that. Uh, there's places like Wildcat Sports with Blue Cox and a lot of NWA talent that I work with, man. Go ahead and follow them on all social media, man. Hurricane Pro is another company out of Beaumont, Texas that always has great shows on the Title Match Network. Title Match Network, shout out to Telly. 
uh, for doing such a great job with Title Match Network. And, uh, yeah, man, just keep up with my social media of all kinds of other different shows and companies that I'd be working for and everything like that. And uh, once again, man, really appreciate you having me on the show and uh, taking up some of your time. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. You're welcome. Hey, have a great night. Go go hit that gym. I got to, man. I got to get it done. Awesome, man. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, man. You have a good night. Peace. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, it was great stuff.